Welcome to 10,000 More, the podcast that explores the topics of grief, mental health, love, and everything that intertwines that all together. I'm Ruby Falk, and whatever it is that brought you to me, I'm very grateful for it. Welcome back, everyone. If you're here, it means that I didn't scare you away, which sounds kind of funny, but I'm being 100% serious. People are made uncomfortable by death. Add suicide into the mix, and it's a whole other ballgame. Add in the fact that I want to process this publicly to attempt to remove the stigma around both grief and suicide, and I have quite the recipe for disaster. Before I get into this episode, though, I need to extend my deepest and most heartfelt thanks to you all. The support I've received has astonished and humbled me. People I don't know have contacted me to thank me for helping them put words to their own grief experiences. And I'm not telling you this to toot my own horn, although, yeah, that makes me feel proud and wonderful. But if all this podcast does is make even one person feel supported or understood or validated, I'll consider it a success. I also want to share that last week during a friend's party, I was chatting with someone about my family. I was telling her that my dad passed away and I continued telling her the other part to my story that was unrelated to my dad. And we were having a great conversation And she circled back to my dad and asked me how I lost him. And it was the first time ever that I directly answered that question. I said, he committed suicide. She was extremely empathetic and didn't make me feel weird. What's more, because of the support I've gotten from you all, I felt comfortable speaking my truth. So, again... Thank you. I mentioned in my first episode that my ultimate goal with 10,000 More is to create a community, a space for people to share their stories about their grief journeys. Mine isn't unique. A lot of people have lost their dads, and a lot of people have lost other loved ones to suicide. I'll be using episodes and this platform that I have to give voice to your story. There's no right or wrong way to grieve or to confront these fears and emotions. There's no how-to guide for how to handle this, and I don't have an answer for you on how to, quote, feel better. But I do know that as soon as I gave these burning emotions a voice, as soon as I said to people who asked how I was doing, hoping I'd give them some optimistic or resilient response that I was not okay, I felt relief. I felt this weight lifted off my shoulders. This is my truth. Sometimes I'm not okay. I'm unbearably sad. I feel like life is darker than it was before. I don't know if or when or how it will become light again. Admitting out loud that 
I'm not doing well shed light on this jet black cloud following me around. And I say this all because I'm overwhelmed by how many people reached out to me to talk privately about their journeys with grief. When I asked them if they'd be interested in sharing their story on my podcast, they said, maybe, but not anytime soon. And I completely understand why. So please do not think this is my attempt at pressuring anyone. But I hope if you are considering sharing your story that you'll reach out to me. You have deep insight and wisdom about life that came to you through really unfortunate circumstances. But if you feel so inclined, you can use this newly gained insight to help others. I want to stress again that the purpose of you sharing your story must serve you first and others second. But again, if you feel comfortable and ready to share your loss, I want to hear from you. I want to give you the opportunity to feel the same relief that I felt. I want it to make you feel better, but I can't guarantee that it will. And with the holidays upon us, it's so hard for me more than three years later to separate my loss from the joy that this season brings. Something I think about, I want to say close to daily, is the fact that I am terrified of forgetting about my dad. When I expressed this fear to others, I met with, oh my God, that'll never happen. He's your dad. He's with you forever, blah, blah, blah. And I know that I'm not going to forget him, but I'll forget the little things about him that I loved so much. I'm bound to. Just those silly little nuances that I don't want to say I ever took for granted, but now I know I did. Memories are extremely important to me. You're probably thinking, okay, moron, they're important to everyone with a heart. But I've always had a very deep attachment to the past. We can unpack whether or not we think that's unhealthy later, but trust me when I say that I am an incredibly nostalgic person. I vividly remember crying at my elementary school continuation. I was 10, and it was weird. I have issues with change, even when it's happy change. Because I think about who I was before this change, how much I've grown, how my life turned out the way it did, and so on. I spend a lot of time thinking about every facet of my life that got me to where I am today, the good and the bad. And this was always something I would process with my dad. I've always had a really tough time living in the present. I don't get it. Everything that has happened in my past and everything I'm currently doing is for my future, isn't it? In college, my dad and I often spoke about slowing down and just letting things be. I was always hungry for my next step. I always wanted to know when a crappy situation would be over or for how much longer I'd have to wait it all out. He was constantly urging me to slow down and he would always assure me that everything was going to work out and be okay. You might think that the negative memories associated with my dad, like the details of his death, would be the worst for me, but they aren't. They're disturbing, but they don't punch me in the gut as much as our happiest memories do. I remember him going rogue decorating our house for my birthday parties when I was a kid. 
I remember him sharing all of his interests with me, like music, old TV shows and movies, and his impeccable sense of humor. When I was in college, I had a pretty rough go my freshman year, and he used to drive his motorcycle up to Boulder on a moment's notice just to grab a slice of pizza with me and talk. When I lived on the East Coast after college, he was always my first call on my walks home from work. And we'd debrief our days and talk politics and figure out when we were going to see each other next. It's those little inflections in his voice when he answered the phone and said, Hi, Petunia, which is what he called me, that I'm terrified of forgetting. These are those nothing moments that I worry will fade with time. The nothing moments are the ones that make you feel loved and they make you happy. But maybe they're not vivid memories you have, like a significant life event might be. But those nothing moments, those will undoubtedly be gone one day, no matter how hard I work to preserve them in my mind. I feel a tremendous pressure to remember certain things about him, not only for myself, but for my daughter and his namesake. I was pregnant when I learned that my dad's death was not an accident, and I had a very difficult time with whether or not I wanted to name her after him. I wanted to obviously honor all of the wonderful attributes about him. He had the greatest sense of humor, and he was remarkably intelligent. But he also struggled with demons, and his life took a violent turn. I remember thinking to myself and asking my husband if we'd be dooming our daughter if we still named her after him. And I'd be lying if I told you that all of my memories weren't tarnished after I learned what had actually happened. I worked so hard to get to a place where my memories weren't painful anymore. I could actually laugh when I thought about funny things that he said or did. And then after that conversation with my mom, I had to relearn how to laugh. And I needed to ultimately remind myself that I could never let his final act define him. But that was really hard. And in, in addition to my daughter, I struggle with how to talk about my dad to strangers, something I contemplated immediately after he died. I remember thinking, wow, everyone I meet from now on will only know me as a fatherless person. It's a tricky balance. I want people to know just how incredible of a person my dad was and how lucky I am to have had such a tight bond with him. But I also don't want his death to be my entire identity. But in that same vein, I also struggle with wondering if it's not my entire identity, does it mean I'm forgetting about him? Does it mean that I'm failing to preserve his legacy? I had no idea how challenging it would be to find a balance between memorializing my dad and letting his death and this entire life event consume my own identity. And in addition to all of that, I don't want to make people uncomfortable with sharing things about him. If you listen to my first episode, you'll recall me talking about this exact topic. 
I hate that I put other people's comfort levels before my own as it relates to talking about loss, but I do. We all do. Death is a weird thing to talk about, regardless of the fact that it impacts literally every single human being on this planet. Some of you might be familiar with the five stages of grief, which are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance in that particular order. I know that there can be a lot to contest about these five stages, but for me, they felt powerful, particularly the fact that acceptance is the last stage. That's no coincidence. It's the hardest part of losing someone. With acceptance comes acknowledging a horrible reality. With acknowledging a horrible reality comes figuring out how to build a future. And with figuring out how to build a future comes struggling with letting go of your past. And as I just mentioned, all the pieces of your past are used to build your future, whether that's a good or bad thing. We learn from our past. Our memories help to ensure we never forget what we want our value system to look like or what we will or will not do in our future. I'm not a particularly religious person, but I do identify strongly with my Jewish roots. And in Judaism, when someone dies, you say to the mourners, may his or her memory be for a blessing. Prior to being the mourner, I used to think that that was such a beautiful way to express sympathy to someone who had just lost a loved one. And then after my dad died, I wondered how his memories were going to bless me because all they did was cause me excruciating pain. I reached a point where when someone either said that to me or wrote it out in a card, I instead heard, I'm going to pray that one day these memories won't be a source of agony for you anymore. This gave me hope. I wanted to remember all of the wonderful things associated with my dad, but I feared the pain of these memories more than I felt comforted by them. I have such a fickle relationship with time, which I'm always reminded about at this time of year when I'm forced to celebrate the new year approaching. On the one hand, I'm not ready to let time tick on. I want to dig my heels in as hard as I can and keep things the way they are so my dad doesn't fade into my collection of other distant memories. On the other hand, I want time to fast forward to 10 years from now so that I can resume life as my old self again, though anyone who is grieving knows that nothing about your life going forward will ever be the same. And as the new year always reminds us, time isn't going to stop. It marches on. It forces me to keep living for myself and for my family. And it's also to thank for taking some of the most sharp pain away in the most organic way possible. I've created a pretty tight association between the new year and the loss of my dad. It's a time of year when I feel understood by the rest of the world. We're nostalgic. We think about the past year and focus on the things we want in the year to come. 
and we're encouraged to count our blessings and focus on all of the wonderful things in our life. But if I'm being completely honest here, it's still really hard for me to do that. Yes, I have my health and the most wonderful family and friends. I have a roof over my head. I have food in my fridge. I don't know what more I could ask for. But I yearn for my old life sometimes. I want more than anything for my memories of my dad and my nothing moments to be as colorful for me in 10, 20, even 50 years from now as they are for me today. This podcast is most definitely an outlet for me, but I hope it can also be an outlet for you. If you're thinking about sharing your story or you just want to connect with me, please, please reach out to me at ruby at 10,000more.com. R-U-B-Y at the words 10,000more.com. Thank you for joining me. Continue to take care of yourself and remember that there is an entire community of people who get you.